Are you the dad you always envisioned you would be? There's no greater calling, no greater responsibility, no greater job, and there is no greater mantle for a man than being a father. Welcome to the Evolve Podcast, a podcast about disrupting your life to spark new evolution. Evolve your body, evolve your mind, evolve your soul, and evolve your tribe. And now it's time to disrupt. And with that, folks, we want to welcome you to another episode of the Evolve Podcast. Joining me, as always, from Oberlin, Ohio, the most interesting man that I know is W. Miles Riley. Hey, Miles. hey, hey. We are here Good today. To see you again today. We are here and freezing somewhere in the mountains of Utah. I am Steve Cutler, guys. We are really excited today. We have a very, very special guest to join with us uh, and introduce to you. Kyle Carnahan is a 41-year-old fireman, musician, skateboarder, and very effective body and mind transformation coach. Kyle is the founder of Superhuman Fathers, a community and program for men who desire to transform their lives in all areas of fatherhood. As a father of five and a husband of 20 years, Kyle has been through the waves of stress, struggle, and disappointment in his relationships with his kids and family. However, after making several key decisions in his life to be honest with himself about his actions, he started to see incredible change. Now, his passion in life is helping other men do the same. Kyle goes by the name Superhuman Fathers on Instagram. Kyle Har Carnahan, thanks so much for joining us today. We are excited to talk about fatherhood. Well, you got me at the perfect time, my friends. I'm, I, I, I usually peak about 7 a.m., so we're, <laughs> we're ready. I earned this shit That's this morning, great. and I'm fired up. And I'm ready to spread this message. Somebody's going to hear this and somebody's going to change our life today. I promise you that. Let's start with what I think you started with today. I looked on your Instagram this morning because uh, I love the content that you put out there. And you did a video. I want to start there about this idea of why you wake up and when you do, why you do the things that you do, and also this, what you called the negotiations that you go through in the morning. Can you talk a little bit about that and tell our listeners why that's so important? I'm unstoppable. Like I'm so committed to the death to become the man that I must. And having said that, I still have to make these small incremental decisions and feel like I'm teetering on the edge of failure all the time. Like, so it's like every time <laughs> the alarm goes off, I have to have this argument with myself. I know what the day has held for me today. I know it. Like today's crazy. I have five kids. I got a guy go uh, one kid. He just won his championship uh, football game. He's eight and he's going on KUSI this morning. He's going to be on TV. Wow. I got another kid wow. who's got a football game. I got two kids that have wrestling tournaments today. Uh, and then I got my shit. And what's my shit? I got to put out a message this morning that's going to keep someone from po putting a bullet in their head, uh, mm. punching their kid in the face, making a bad decision in their marriage. And I know that now because I get the DMs every day from the messages I put out that somebody is going to be massively affected by the message I put out in the morning. 
So one, I have to have myself right to not be a hypocrite and have the power to deliver that message. And two, I got to be up and have the time to create that message in order to have time to do the shit I got to do today. And so these are all the thoughts going on in my head when my alarm goes off. Well, you should sleep in. You could probably get another 30 minutes in if you just squeeze it in. And, you know, you, you need this rest. You know, you've been getting up early a long time. And then I start thinking all the things that I need to do. And that's having purpose is the key to winning those negotiations. Um, you, you know, it's a pretty easy day for you then today, if I'm hearing you right. This is a pretty, pretty yeah. mellow day. Not a lot going on. Dude, <laughs> but this, this is, is really my... common for fathers in our day and age, it's right? Dude. I mean, whether yeah. you got one kid or five, you're you're busy. You got a job. You got so many different responsibilities, and oftentimes it can be pretty overwhelming. So I think that concept of winning the day early is uh, really important. I love what you said when you, with confidence and vigor, you said, "I am unstoppable." Uh, we've got a good friend of ours, Todd Sylvester, that when he came on uh, episode fifty-eight, talking about how there's nothing wrong with you. But one of the things that Todd has said over the years is, "Whatever follows, I am follows you." Why, why do you use that phrase, I am unstoppable? I say it to myself in the mirror every morning. I'm relentless. I'm relentless. I'm unstoppable. I'm undeniable. <clears throat> the most, I need the least. Love, patience, energy, service. And I say that three times. That's how I start my morning off in the mirror. Because everything is based off belief. If you believe your actions will have an effect, then you'll take the actions that will inevitably have the effect. And when guys lose belief, it's over. Discipline wanes, you're done. You're dead in the water. And that's where you get this yo-yo. That's where you get this start and stop. We have to remember what's at stake. That's, that's what gets me to move forward. That's what, you know, after getting up, after saying that in the mirror, I turn the cold shower on. Like, I honestly, that's the hardest shit in the world for me is that damn cold shower. I hear some people talk about how like, they're like, I love cold showers. And I'm like, you don't do them. You either, you do the warm thing and then you can make it a little cold. I'm like, if you make it cold and it's that early in the morning and it's dark outside and that water's been sitting in the pipes and you just walk in and just go for it. Like that is some hard shit. If you think that's easy, then God bless you. Like you're a stronger man than me. But Kyle, I've been trying it for I've been trying it now for three years. I still haven't gotten it. I, I, you get the fingertips, the hand, the palm, maybe the wrist. I've had occasional moments where I stick the body in and get out. I have such a tough time with the it, cold shower thing. Gee, thank you. <laughs> like and Miles I, even jumps in like fully clothed too. <laughs> <laughs> and then just leave them on while I work. Yeah, he just he keeps the clothes on. Yeah, he's got his bathrobe, a hoodie, everything. Yeah, I didn't used to believe in those, man. I used to make fun of people that do that. I said, like, "What's the point of that shit?" And then, yeah, right. and then I would one morning, I I just I could hear my conscience. It goes, it it was like, "Hey, can you cuss on this?" Or you guys like, yeah, clean? yeah. Let, it, yeah. let it rip. Go for it. All right, cool. So I was like, um, I I heard it loud and clear. It's like you're a bitch, and I was like. <laughs> excuse me nice. i was like i get my ass up every morning i put all this work in for this family you know it'd be like when your wife tells you something you're like do you know what i do for this family well that was me talking to myself and it's yeah, like yeah, you're right. tired you'll be hungry you won't be cold and i was just like and the shower was just like hello and i was like are you serious was like we're not doing that that's dumb and it was like 
yeah, you say it's dumb because you're scared. And I was like, Gosh. so I was like, fuck it. Turned it on and I got in and I was like, this was, that was the worst feeling I've ever had in my life this early, yeah. right into that. And I, and, and now I know, because how I roll is once you reach a certain level, you don't go back. Like, cause right. you know what you're capable of now. So there's no, like, I'm going to do this for 30 days in order to get disciplined. It's like, if you do something for 30 days and then you stop, what did you right. get out of it? Nothing. Yeah. So it's life. It's a it's you trained yourself in a different way, right? I mean, something shifts. I remember you're talking about this early morning battle that you do. And uh, I one day I started to define this in my own mind. I said, okay, well, what is where's is this coming from? What's happening here? And I came up with these three archetypes that were, are these three people in essence that are living in my head and the most loud one in the morning is what i call the liar the liar is the one that says exactly what you said yeah, the bed is warm today could be a rest day you don't need to go do the cold exposure you don't need to go do this you could you could just take a day off yeah. and the liar is the one that it's sneaky it hits you at the time when you're weakest and i think this is the <laughs> thing that a lot of men don't realize is that you're inner battles like we are our own worst enemy because we don't fight with ourselves on a fair battleground we come from obtuse angles we you know this this liar jumps out at times where it knows that i'm the weakest but i will say i remember one day waking up to this concept of after getting up at four in the morning every single morning and just going through the motion i would get up I don't pay attention to the voice. I just keep moving. I go grab my espresso. I grab my book. I sit down. I do all the stuff that I do in my morning routine. And then one, one morning after I'd done this and I'm getting ready to go to the gym, I said, holy shit, I haven't heard the liar's voice for like two months. And <laughs> what happened was over time, I just became immune to that. I stopped listening and yeah. the liar stopped showing up. Now, yeah. I will say, the first day that I took a day off, I woke up the next day and the liar was back. Thank you. And this is why whispering. people say, people say, yeah. no days off, Kyle. Wasn't that a little extreme? I'm like, he's waiting at the gates, man. He's trying to get his foot in the door. I can't let him. Yep. Yeah. I tell and people, man, I'm, I got a lot of inner turmoil, dude, just like a lot of these guys. If I, if yeah. I, don't, if I sat around and did, not, did nothing for three days, I'd be so depressed, man. I, I'd be probably close to jumping off a bridge or some shit. Like, I can't risk it. I've got a family. I've got a business. I got a life. Like, I can't risk that. But yeah, I no love to talk off. about, talk about really talk about the, because I love the, when you said winning the negotiation, I, I think, I think that's probably the most important element of all this is because you're always, it seems like 24 hours a day, you're faced with a choice. Yeah. You always have a choice. Yeah. All right. Yep. And some of the choices are really bad. Some are really good. And, and it's the ones, the gray ones. So talk about the negotiation of saying, I'm going to win this negotiation. Like what, what is that about? You know, like I've simplified it similar to like my message this morning. Like the simplification <clears throat> is like, who do I respect? I yeah. respect badass motherfuckers that show up and do the hard mm. shit. No matter what that's who i respect like that's who i admire so i'm like i want i want that for myself and and i find when i take the easier road i i'm a little uh i'm disappointed i lose respect for myself 
and I could feel it. I feel out of alignment. I feel like kind of disgusted with myself because I know what I'm capable of. But when I just follow through, I'm like, I feel like nothing's in my way. I'm out of my own way. And so then I have to earn that. So this morning with the shower, I'm thinking it's, I am literally having this conversation. Like it's Saturday, like cold showers are dumb. Like, what's the point? Like I, I should just get back in bed. You know, my wife's lonely. Look at her. She's asleep. She probably needs me to snuggle with her. <laughs> she needs me right there. <laughs> so I, I can maybe get in there and snuggle up, you know? And, yeah, uh, yeah. and, and then I just remembered, I was like, like, remember the last time and the time before and the time before that. And remember the times you skipped. Remember how you felt like we, we got to earn ourselves. And, and honestly, I'm like, I got a podcast at seven. How do I want to show up to this? Do I want to have some power in my voice? Do I want to be the man that lives the message that I preach or am I full of shit? Well, and part of what you're talking about here is just this conscious choice. You know, there's a, I, I don't know why this stuck in my head for as many years as it has, but there's, there's a verse in the Bible where it talks about a dog returning to eat its own vomit, yeah. returning to eat its own yeah. shit. Right. And yeah. I think it's vomit, dogs yeah. do that. Like dogs are stupid. And, and yeah. we, somebody at work the other day was talking about how their dog, they're like, Oh, my dog's so stupid, but I still think it's cute. I walk out and it's eating its own shit. And I'm like, but that's what animals do. They keep returning to the vomit or they keep returning to the shit. Yeah. And if we want to elevate ourselves, we have to make this conscious choice. Kyle, you mentioned before the morning message and that you say the same things over and over again. Now, I'm a huge fan of this. In fact, I was recently teaching a coaching client this, that it, this is like a mental warm up. When you go to the gym, you got to warm your body up. You got to get the muscle yeah. ready and prepped and yeah. you got to do some mobility so that you can go through the full strength movement that you want to. But the mind is the same way. You've got to warm it up. Talk about this mental warm up that you're doing every morning when you're giving yourself these messages and why are they so important to you? Because I am naturally very scared and very insecure. Like that's my natural state. If I were to just take the path of least resistance, I am yeah. nervous. I'm scared. I have a scarcity mindset. I hoard what I have because I'm afraid to lose it. I'm skittish. Like I can't live like that. So I have to earn my way out of it every day. <laughs> through suffering, a certain level of suffering to show myself what I am capable of and remind myself that there is nothing in this world that is going to stop me. But I have to remind myself because I'll forget in like two minutes. I'll be like, see, you're a piece of shit. Like, yeah, like it's right that. there. It's just waiting. It's waiting to prove me wrong. And so if I don't fight, I know what's coming. I know it's coming and it'll come fast. The doubt will come rushing in and I will be less effective in my life as a father, as a businessman, as a human. It's like yeah. the distractions wait, wait, wait. are waiting at the door. It's yeah, like they are. It's like right outside the door, it's just a mound of distractions. <laughs> distractions show up as all kinds of levels of comfort. Yeah. I, yeah. I fight that all the time. People say too, they go, they go, um, they're like, well, why don't you, don't you want to enjoy life? And I'm like, you don't even know what enjoying life is if you ask that question. Like, yeah. you're stuck in a box, a dark box, and you you can't even see. Like, I, 
I love that. I, you, I'm resonating 100% with what you're talking about. It's yesterday morning, Mike, um, I came home from the gym. My wife was getting ready for work and, and, uh, I said, Hey, you want to go for a, a cold walk? And it was in the twenties here. Right. And so, you know, I take my shirt off. She's out there in, in uh, tank top and shorts and we go out and we go, uh, for a walk slash run around the block, freezing our tails off. But we talked about this concept as we're out doing this, that, when you consciously make your life more difficult, life becomes easier. When yeah. you consciously make your life easy, in the long run, it becomes more difficult. Yeah. Because it's really hard to be 30, 40, 50 pounds overweight. But you get that by living a comfortable life. Yeah. It's so much easier to live a life where you are lean and fit. Yeah. But it takes a conscious, difficult decision to become that person that's going to lean into that discomfort. And you mentioned before, Kyle, that everything starts with a belief, but I want to come to a question of, you know, it is, is, is it belief? What is the biggest challenge that you see men facing today? Man, it, it, it's attaching the power that they actually have to their actions. Like they, they forget one, what they're capable of and two, what's at stake. Like they can't mm. see it. Like if you're clear on the pain, if you can see the pain, this is why it's so important to attach yourself to this, to this pain that connects us all together. Because if we forget, if we forget the power we have one with just a look to break our wife and children's hearts, just with a look, you could break their hearts, yeah. right? Yeah. That's a look, let alone a backhand to the face right? A look, a word, we forget. So we get grumpy and snippy and, and we'll just show up with bad energy and we're actually destroying our kids and our, our family. But we don't, un, we don't realize what we're doing. On the other hand, we don't understand the power that we have when we come and show up with positivity and energy and love and acceptance and example, like that you will literally transform your child into this unstoppable savage that you would love to be by being that yourself. We just forget, man. And so like that, that like our whole programs with superhuman fathers, we, we call it discipline church. Mm. We meet a lot. We have five meetings a week. Like church is only once. <laughs> like we yeah. meet five times a week to remind ourselves. And even then we still forget. We got to remember, what we're capable of and what's at stake those are the two things if you remember that you're tapped in on that you're you're gonna take the harder choice you're tapped in you remember you're clear how did you get far too often it's yeah hang on i want to come to miles question so far too often we forget that impact right we forget that what is at stake because men if we're not connected to the emotional state that we have internally and we're not con then we are vis-a-vis -vis not connected to our family's emotional state yeah and we don't make that connection of like you said sometimes it's a look it could be a word or it could be something physical that could destroy or could build talk about how you got here back to my yeah how did, you, how did you get here what age what was going on what precipice were you standing on where you looked one way and thought that's the fucking end and you look the other way and go that's the fucking hope like where, where, where were you? When did you get to this place? Yeah, you know, I think this has been like a 30 year process for me, man. Like, 
you know, so because I've I've had snippets of it. I've always I've always wanted to be a good man, like more than anything. And I've gone through periods where where I was just okay, you know, and and I saw the damage of just okay, the damage in my own marriage and the separation between my wife and I of just this cloud lack of connection. And then I, I, I've seen my my children's faces droop and their confidence completely wane when I don't show up for them. Not not even when I'm hard on too hard on them in an emotionally abusive way, which I have been, but just not showing up for them, I can watch their spirit just droop. And I started to see that more often. I don't and I don't necessarily know how I saw that. I was just aware of it. And so every time I would act out of line with my family, I would see the effect. I could I could feel it. And I think I do have this innate um, empathy. Yeah. Because I, I didn't grow up hard. Like I didn't have a dad that beat me. Like I didn't, I grew up with in a loving family. But I always felt the pain of others very deeply. But the, I was probably, I think I was seven years old and we were at, stupid story, but we're at the, they call it the family fun center back then. And they had those bumper boats. And my older brother's yeah. years yeah. older than me. And he's on this bumper boat and he turns the handle this way. He thinks you're supposed to drive it with one handle. So he's spinning. He's spinning. And he's, you know, he's kind of panicking and everyone's laughing at him. And, and I, that feeling, it was like my heart was in my gut. I was in tears because I, I was yelling, trying to help him. And I, I couldn't reach him. I could feel what he was feeling. And I was looking at everyone laughing and I couldn't understand how they could laugh at him when he needed help. That's where this comes from. You know, you, you talk about this, um, the feeling with your brother, you talk about looking out and seeing that and seeing that the world was laughing at him. I think, Kyle, earlier you referenced um, suicide, and there are far too many people that uh, choose instead of to uh, make a choice to to move in a positive direction, they choose to end it. And um, I mean, if we're being honest, the the greatest epidemic of our time has been the rise in suicide in America, and especially among men. And you know, it's not slowing down. In fact, since the pandemic, it's increased significantly. And I think it's a very, very real issue that men have to face. Uh, it's multifaceted uh, in its uh, implications and how it how it presents itself as the challenges with mental illness and the challenges with uh, uh, and the struggles that men go through. Um, what what are some of the internal challenges that you're seeing as you're working through this with men and working through these challenges that they're having? What 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 are the biggest things that are happening between their two ears? We have a certain view of life, us three. Okay, we 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 we've seen some some things that have helped us to understand where our choices go. Most men are blind to this; like they don't have a clue. And, awareness, yeah, yeah, and and that's crazy to me because that's just how I think and how I live, and to me, it's obvious. It's kind of like a skill of some sort that to us is easy because we've been doing it forever. 
we just assume somebody knows like for for fat loss i'm like to me it's so simple but you know i have people that come to me they don't know anything like zero never lifted a weight they've never thought about food they don't know how it breaks down i talk about protein fats and carbs and they're just like oh hold on hold on slow down slow down right and it's very similar to that where they're connecting their actions to the way that they feel they, they don't understand it at all and um let let me read something to you we just had we just had a transformation that um this is my buddy greg uh he he came to us um physically he looked like a normal dad dad bought ish but kind of athletic right um he says on the outside life seemed great i had the beautiful wife family money vacations but on the inside i was hollow and breaking i thought i was broken i was depressed but couldn't figure out why the depression consumed me and i was suicidal how is that you have everything mm -hmm. it's because he got weak he got spiritually weak mentally weak life was too easy he had no purpose he was not being the warrior that he was meant to be he had a purpose in life and that was to step the fuck up and he didn't know he couldn't connect the dots he says when i hit rock bottom god gave me angels to lift me up two of those were kyle and ryan that's myself and my brother through superhuman fathers i learned i was not broken but i was operating in a broken mental system i just needed a new system the right system superhuman fathers gave me that system for me this wasn't about a six-pack or getting shredded i wanted to stop surviving life and freaking thrive through shf i learned not only was i not broken but i had a lot of excuses this was the first program to ever teach me how to break through those excuses that were holding me back from being me i had to break through every excuse multiple times and no matter what happened, Kyle and Ryan were always there. Now I'm not just living, but crushing life today because of this program. For me, this was more than just a physical program. It was the greatest mental program that transformed my life. This is what men oh. are missing. Yeah. They're, they're missing deep empathy an internal empathy. They're not, they're, they're not able to empathize with what's going on inside of them. As you said before, I think that there's this great disconnect. They're not showing up to, uh, to the internal battle and really understanding what the hell is going on. If you, if you don't understand your enemy, there is no way you can win the battle. That's it. And the enemy living inside of ourselves, we have to empathize with them 100%, right? Yeah. yeah. And I got to bring this up. Um, I've been dying to share this. We, we were, we did a podcast, Steve, you did the podcast with Erica Olson a while back and the whole topic of suicide had come up. And I wanted to be there because I wanted to share this because I think this is important. A lot of times people don't understand that suicide is a, not a literal, but a metaphorical idea telling you to change. Mm. A part of you needs to die. You need to, what it is, is you need to murder this motherfucker who's here now. You yeah. need to murder him or her to get to the other person yeah yeah and the only time in my life that i've ever contemplated suicide and and i really didn't contemplate it but it did it like 
a really swift movement through my brain. I remember laying on my mother's couch thinking, you know, I'm not doing anything. I'm not going anywhere. All I got to do is jump out that fucking window. But it hit me right after that. That meant change something. Yeah. And I think it comes to us as death, but we don't recognize it as death as metaphor. Yeah, I love we that. We think of it literally. Let yeah. me end this. And it's just a metaphor for killing one part of yourself so the other part of you can thrive. I love this because I can be, when we're talking to the men we work with and they're like, I'm contemplating suicide. And you're like, okay, let me help you. And yeah. Like, what? <laughs> we're going to kill that motherfucker. That's right. <laughs> kill the old you. That's you right. got to do it. And and I think, I, I think it, it really, if, if men can take a step back and listen to what's happening inside of them, when that feeling, when that emotion or when that thought comes up, it really is a signal that something is not right in your life and you've got to, you've got to destroy something else. Right. How you mentioned something earlier about the power and impact of actions. Um, last year, last few years, unfortunately, I've sat through too many funerals of people that I know that uh, decided that their life was uh, not worth living anymore. Mm -hmm. And last year, I had an opportunity to sit there and see the sadness and the uh, tragedy of losing uh, a man who, when we were in high school, was our student body president, and probably one of the last men that you would have ever thought that would make the decision to uh, end his life by suicide. His brother, who I know, got up and gave a, a beautiful speech and talked a little bit about his younger brother and the impact that he made. And he said, you know, there was one decision uh, and, and one conclusion that my brother came to, and that was that life would be better without him. And he paused right there and he said he was wrong and then walked off the stage. And that hit me deeper than almost anything because far too often, we don't realize the power and the impact of every decision that we're making. And if anybody is listening to this and they're feeling like they are in that state, just know that that decision, you are going to be wrong if you make that to end your life. Now, if you hear it and you say, all right, there is a part of me, there is a spiritual part, there is a habitual part, there is a mental part that needs to die so that the phoenix can rise from those ashes, well, that's probably what needs to happen. What, Kyle, there's internal struggles we've been talking about. Externally, men struggle, whether it's environment, their body, money. What are some of the most challenging or the, the biggest challenges that you see people uh, fighting against with the external struggles? Usually for me, and because my hook is that they see the physical transformations, which are insane you know so that's the hook that's how i get people they're like i'm like what do you what what are you reaching out for they're like man i need to lose lose fat and they think that's the problem but that's not the problem that's that's just a result of how they're looking at life right that's their level of discipline and the fact that they don't they're not being run by any sort of purpose or plan and and so i get to bring them in and kind of show them what the real core of the problem is and we can work on that and then the you body had anybody get a six pack of abs and just say it was all about the abs no i don't yeah. I, I, I'll, I'll be real clear on my first contact with them that you you're committing to a life of 
of being elite in all aspects of life, fatherhood, fitness, family, yeah. business, spirituality, all of it. And you have to commit to me to be committed to that life forever. So like, mm. just understand if you sign up for this, you're committing forever, not to me, to yourself. I love and, and I hold people for a year. So they don't, <laughs> they're, they're with me for a year because it takes a long time to really establish these habits. And if someone's looking for a quick fix, I tell them to go find somebody else. I'm not interested. Yeah, there is no quick fix, right? I mean, the reality is our uh, environment and society is set up to, uh, to not help us to be healthy. I mean, it's a, we, we have to battle against that every single day. Um, what are some of the biggest challenges that you see people having uh, in their environment when it comes to making this change? Um, distractions of pleasure. Um, wow. Okay. Utilizing substances to deal with stress. Like this is probably the biggest thing. It's like, I mean, the two hardest things for me and for most of the guys that reach out to me are food and alcohol and, and uh, anger. Like those are, those are it. Like if, if I, this is what I tell my guys, like, listen, if you can get yourself up at the same time every day, make enough time to have some quiet time to yourself to contemplate what you're capable of, where you're going, get grateful and think about what's at stake. Like those three things, even if it's five minutes, let's just remind ourselves, then go kick your ass physically doing something. Knock that out. Personal development should be done in the dark before the world wakes up. If you live like that, you are going to crush life. Like you just are. Creatures of the night. I love it. <laughs> and then and then when the world wakes up, you're like, okay, okay, what do I have to do for the rest of the day? If all you did in the beginnings of this to set a foundation is just go, all right, my nutrition is going to be on point and I'm going to stay hyper aware of my emotional reactions. Those two things. You just focused on those, became a master at those two things. Everything else in your life will fall in place. Everything. And so, yeah, we read a lot of books and we talk a lot about philosophy and all these ideas. And that's great. It helps to establish a better stronger base of this foundation but in the end mm -hmm. that's it like simplify people are like oh what about meal timing and what about what supplements i go throw it out don't worry about it zero yeah. don't worry well, about it. what about can i eat after 7 p.m yes you can yeah don't i'm telling you don't it's just hit these numbers i give you do the workouts i give you and make sure you hit your wake-up time so you have time to do it that's it and don't be an asshole that's it. So simple. Yeah, that's it. That's the, that is the formula to having a great life. And guess what? Business will flourish because you will earn the discipline through using the fitness as a tool and the nutrition. Because if you can control what goes in your mouth, you, dude, you're fully in control. You're, you're going you're gonna to make those calls you need to. You're going to deal with the hard shit. You're going to deal with the hard relationships. Your body's going to change. You're going to have more energy. You're going to feel better about yourself. So it's because it'd be easier to have these emotional control, these emotional reactions, because you're going to have confidence and love for yourself. And when you have love for yourself, you're going to be more apt to respond with love. I mean, it's just, it's that simple. It's a simple process. And I think for too often people get stuck in the, in the of 
Oh, yeah, it's complicate, 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 but it, it really is a science to it. And there's no way to separate the, uh, the emotional, spiritual, and the physical. And I mean, if you're getting up, as you're talking about, get up in the morning, get up at your regular time, you're disciplining yourself. Yeah. By doing that discipline, your body now gets onto a rhythm where chemically you change. Your brain shifts, so the mental health gets better. You're putting a little bit into that spiritual piece by uh, focusing on gratitude. So spiritually, you get better. You start to become awake and aware to all of these other things. And there is a true science behind it. And I think that's a that, that, there's a hope to that in my mind that yeah. there's no... There's no magic here. I mean, don't don't yeah. get me wrong. Magic yeah. happens, but there's no magic yeah. here. Yeah. You, you start yeah. putting the right foods in your mouth, and everything changes. I remember yeah. talking to uh, I had a client years ago. This uh, your stories are are kind of bringing some old memories up. I had a client come to me. Uh, we'd been training for probably three or four months, and he came into my office, and he just he uh, was dressed in his three piece suit. You know, driven his ninety thousand uh, dollar car to the gym uh, to train with me, and he sat down. I looked at him and I said uh, two things: one, you're late, and two, go change because we're not working out in that. And he <laughs> said, "Look, I apologize. I've got to run to a meeting. I can't make our training session today, but I needed to stop by and tell you thank you uh, for saving my life." He said, "I don't save lives. I make you squat. I make you, you know, sweat. I make you cuss my name under your uh, under the breath." And he says, no, what you don't understand, Steve, is that when I came to you three months ago, I had a choice. And that choice was to take my life or to come and see you because I had heard uh, some of my friends talk about what you had done for them. And he says, in the first week with you telling me to go to bed, drink more water, and to eat food that had either been grown or killed and not stuff coming from a package, he goes, it was amazing what happened two weeks in, three weeks in. He goes, now, three months later, I don't have any of those thoughts. I feel better. I know I've only lost, I can't remember what he had lost at the time, maybe half a dozen pounds, yeah. uh, a couple of kilos, whatever. And he said, but what changed for me was the mental aspect, the emotional aspect. Now I'm awake, I'm alert. Um, I actually trained his wife at the time as well. She came in later that day. She said, I understand my husband came in to talk to you and she goes, I just want to tell you, thank you. Because for the past six, eight, nine months, I have had recurring nightmares that I was going to be raising my kids without him and that he was going to be gone. And those nightmares are now, now gone. It's amazing what simple changes like hydrating your body, disciplining yourself to get up at a certain time, what it does for the whole aspect of who, who these men are. Kyle, I know that the body changes and I know that these guys are getting more discipline. What are you seeing relative to them becoming better fathers? What changes are happening in the men that you're working with? There is a, a way of living that is based upon how we feel. That is how we're raised. Like mm. we say, why are you being so grumpy? Oh, I just had a bad day. Oh, that makes sense. No, that doesn't make sense. That's that's called you acting like a five year old, right? <laughs> so there's th that's a massive disconnect in men. They yeah. they haven't yeah. figured that out yet. And when they have this epiphany, that they're like, oh wait 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 wait. You mean I can be a good dad even though I feel like shit? I go, yeah. bro. You see what I do, right? I go, if you got what came into my body right now, you'd be like, how do you live like this? Like. 
you can feel like absolute dog shit, tired, hungry, like with nothing left in the tank. And you can be an epic father and husband. Epic. That's like this freeing feeling because it's all chemicals. You're going to just have chemical feelings tell you what to do. You have the choice. You, you are the master of your actions, regardless of outside influences. And it's our job to show them that it's possible. And that, that's the key. We show them as leaders of men what, it, what they are capable of. They see us do it. We, we teach them some philosophy. They have an epiphany, but now we hold them accountable to, to remember, right? And it's just those little moments that make the greatest change. They just I love how you, you, you put it into that, that that's what five-year-olds do, right? Five-year-olds yeah. act out of their emotion. Five-year-olds no, men are talk. For stuff. Men yell. Yeah. No, no, babies yell. Yeah, yeah. babies scream. <laughs> yeah, no, men don't do that. Real men actually are steady. We're steady. We're the rock. We're the rock of the family. We have to create trust in the people we lead. Someone who's up and down all the time, they will never trust you. They don't even want to be in your presence. They don't even like it when you come home because they don't know who's going to show up. They're scared of you. Fear, uh-huh. fear is not the way we want to lead. That's terrible. It's terrible leadership. They'll run from you as soon as they can, which is why for some fathers, when their kids get old enough, they never come back and their wife leaves right away because the kids are grown. Let's get away from this monster. I don't know how he's going to show up today. They have to know who they're getting every day. And that's a secret to success. As you get older, do your kids actually come to you? See, when kids are young, they're going to come to you because they just look up to you. They idolize you. They don't really see a lot of your faults and weaknesses. Uh, They just want that attention. But as your kids get older, do they come back? Are they showing up? Are they wanting to spend time with you? Are they, that's the most rewarding thing in the world for me. I mean, um, I told this story recently on uh, my LinkedIn account, but uh, the other morning I was up in my office, I was getting ready uh, to go to work for the day. And I hear my son down in the kitchen, uh, getting ready to head off to school. And so I hear the keys rattling and he's getting, you know, he's filling up his water bottle and he's going to go head off to school. And I walk down the stairs and here he is. And typically, you know, he's like most 17 year olds. He's a little groggy in the morning and great kid, but not super talkative in the morning. And I walk down and give him a hug. And this hug was different because his arms are by his side and, and hands are behind his back. And I said, Hey, how are you doing, man? How are you feeling? And I look up and he's got this huge smile on his face. And so immediately I know something's up. It just, this is totally different than what I usually interact with in the morning when I give him a hug and tell him, have a great day and I love you. And he just looks at me and he steps back, hands behind his back and he says, hey dad, you know how like you've made some comments recently about how you're kind of sad that we just haven't had as much time together because you know, I've been busy and I haven't been around as much. And, and so we just haven't matched up our times. And I said, yeah, he goes, well, I got you something. And he turned and he pulls from behind his back this Lego set of a Porsche 911, which my favorite cars, Porsches. Um, and he says, you remember how we used to make Lego sets together when I was younger? And we used to watch uh, the Grand Tour or, or uh, what was it, Top Gear and the Grand Tour. I said, yeah, he goes, I bought myself something too. And I figured that you and I could sit down and we could make these Lego sets together. 
and go back through old episodes and uh, that could be a thing we could do. I lost it. Like this kid <laughs> at 17 years old went online, found this uh, Porsche 911, which they're not, they weren't easy to find um, and bought that and then bought himself something so that we could have this moment together. I'll tell you what a great, it was one of the most rewarding things I've ever had as a father, not just because my five-year-old or my three-year-old or whatever came up and thought I was the greatest thing in the world, but because my 17-year-old boy wanted to spend some time with me and to say, hey, I hear you that we haven't spent as much time together and let's do this. And we did. And it was, it was amazing. That to me is the greatest success and the greatest reward as a father. The feeling. The, the yeah. It's the feeling that they have when they're around you that will bring them back. Not, not what and that doesn't say. mean I've never made mistakes or yeah, I've never been upset yeah, yeah. or any of that kind of stuff, yeah. right? I'm, I don't want to paint a pretty picture here. Like I've been an asshole. I've done stupid things. I've apologized often. That might uh, be the answer right happen. there. There's your answer right there. Yeah. I, I well, you apologized know, often. You know, the other yeah. thing is, the other thing is, and this might sound a little abstract and esoteric, but I think from the time you get spit out of the womb, systems get built around you. And you become unconscious in those systems. And great people provide a chink in the system so you can have ability to see outside of that system. As, as dads, as human beings, we provide the out for the systems that our kids are getting into. Just like we were lucky enough to have someone, something, some event provide a chink in the systems that we were growing up in so we could see the out yeah. and many people many people i don't care what culture you come from around the world when you get embedded in a system it's hard to see your way out of that system unless yeah. something outside or inside yeah. comes along and says this is the out to the system and it doesn't necessarily mean you have to climb out of the system it just means you have to be aware that the system is operating and that you possess the ability to, to, to change what's going on while you're in the system. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then you can truly be yourself in this life. Right. Exactly. Exactly. That's the other thing. You could be yourself because you're self-aware, you know, yeah. Oh, the system is operating. I can see it operating. Yeah. I want to go in the opposite direction. Yeah. Kyle, what are those sparks or those aha moments as Miles is talking about where that men typically have where they say, I've got to make a change and they come to you and they say, I want to be a part of the group that you're doing. Like what, what, what are common sparks? On the verge of divorce. Um, okay. Suicidal thoughts. Um, mm. Hatred of themselves in the mirror for just too long. I think it just reaches a peak. A lot of times guys tell me they see themselves in a picture mm. and it's different than seeing yourself in the mirror. Even they'll, they'll see a picture of their family and they'll be like, that can't be me. They're like, what, what's happened to me? You know? So a lot of it is physical appearance, a lot, a lot, because it's the way you start to see yourself is the way you become. And the way you become is how you see yourself. So it's just, <laughs> Whatever route you're taking, what, you know, if you're improving, then you're starting to see yourself in a greater light. You're feeling more powerful. You're feeling more impactful. 
you have more belief, but on the other hand, it goes the other route. And unfortunately in our day and age, it's mostly going the opposite route. Guys are falling apart as they get, as they age. You talk a lot about uh, distractions. I know you mentioned that earlier and that, you know, distraction, substance, going towards pleasure, falling into anger. These are all things that distract us from who we really are. And I got to say, that doesn't surprise me that people are getting to the point where it's where either divorce or they hate what they see in the mirror or uh, suicidal thoughts, because if we're distracted, we're not awake. If we're distracted, we're not in the moment. If we're distracted, we're either living in the past uh, with regret or we're living in the future with anxiety. And that, yeah, I'm, I, I hear you and I feel you there. And what a, what a tough spot for men to get in. And I don't want to be critical of men for that, but I would want to challenge men to say, don't let it get to that point. Like when you start to feel some sort of nuance, if you're listening to this episode and you're saying, man, this Kyle guy is really resonating with me, uh, but I'm not at the stage of divorce or I'm not thinking about suicide, but there is something stirring inside of me that maybe I need to be a nicer person. There's Let another group, and just there's another group that of guys it, right? that like feel, and I resonate with this a lot because this is me. Like I'm never, I'm never good enough ever. Mm. never nor do i want to be i mean i i feel very fulfilled in my life but um uh but i'm dissatisfied with my where i'm at completely mm. people confuse that with well you're not happy false one i don't care if i'm happy i want fulfillment i want impact happiness yeah. is a floaty fluffy word that is unimportant to me comes and goes yeah and so um there's this, there's this desire for progress in most really <laughs> all men, really, if I believe that if they, if they're denying it, they don't understand it. I, I could be wrong because I'm not in everybody's head, but from what I'm seeing, if we're not making progress and we sit on the mountain, that's when we, we get enveloped by the darkness. And so it yeah. doesn't matter where you're at, how much money you make, how great your family is, how great your physique is. If we're not sticking to those daily habits that continually push us forward and makes us feel like there's a hope for a greater future, then we get lost. And so we get guys on all ends of that spectrum, you know, um, where there's just something missing. Well, the, the thing missing is you thought you got somewhere and you sat down and you stopped. That's what's missing, right? And usually these are the guys who, you know, they look, they're, they're fit. They kind of dad bought it out a little bit, but they see themselves as a Spartan warrior. Like when they see themselves in the mirror, they're like, I should, I should look like the, the, the 300. I, they feel that I should yeah. have, have ultimate energy in my family. I should, I should be a light every time I walk in my house. And there's these moments where they don't feel like that. And there's moments they look in the mirror where they're just like, I know I'm leaving something on the table. And their business is kind of, it's doing very well, but it's stagnant, you know? They can be making millions, but it's stagnant. Yeah. They're not feeling creative. So they've just got stuck. And that's where we shake things up. I think the body tells a lot, right? And when you yeah. look in the mirror and you see your body, is it is it really is the reflection that's looking back at you the reflection 
that you want. But also when you talk about this internal darkness that people have, the body holds on to that. I mean, if people have an internal uh, challenge or they're not deep into the spiritual aspect of who they are, the body feels that there's tense areas, there's tight areas. And I think if people start to become aware that your body is going to tell the story, whether it's the physique and the look of it, or how it feels and how it shows up and moves. I mean, our bodies were meant to be beautiful. They were meant to be strong. They were meant to be lean and move like supple leopards. Yeah. Uh, and if you're missing any one of those things, then there's something going on inside of you. Kyle, what are some of the most practical solutions? If somebody's listening to this and they're saying, hey, this is resonating with me, what are the practical solutions that you tell people to get started with? Dude, that's it. Wake up time, fitness, nutrition, that right there. That's it. That's your foundation of discipline. Like that. So simple. That's what you build off of. You know, I recently was, uh, I was at an event and one of the guys was referred to me to, hey, go talk to Kyle. He's a big boy, 340 pounds. And he's like, I'm done. I need to change. And I'm like, go talk to Kyle. He'll get you dialed in. And there was another guy there who's a, also a great coach and, and a good guy and um, leads by example. But he was harping on all these little details. We went to the gym with him at the, that night. And it was me and this other co mm. coach. And, uh, you know, I was invited there. I, I wasn't trying to get business. I was just there. I'm going to be of service, right? And uh, so this other guy's like, when he's doing his air squats, he's like telling him, you need to be more in your heels. And when he's doing his stretches, he's like, you got to do it this way. And he's like, and he's, he's telling him, you got to eat all whole foods and, and you got no diet sodas and you got to do this many meals and you got to take these supplements. And I just let him talk and finally I go, stop. Okay, this is all you have to do. I want you to have, pick a wake up time, leave enough time to come to the gym. And for the first eight weeks, all you're going to do is walk on the treadmill. That's it. Mm. You're going to walk on the treadmill for 45 minutes. That's it. Put it at an angle. Don't even make it that hard. Just walk on the treadmill. And then, uh, and then I'm just going to give you right now, I'm going to give you some numbers. I just want you to fit your food into this box best you can. And then, then we'll reevaluate in eight weeks. That's it. Don't think about any of this other bullshit that you just heard. Zero. Delete all of it. Enjoy your diet sodas. I don't care what you eat. Eat whatever you want. More whole foods is better. But for now, let's simplify. Let's learn about food and let's move our bodies. Dude, the guy's going to lose 40 pounds with just that advice right yep. there in the next eight yep. weeks. Right. right. And then we can start to add on top of the foundation. But like it's it's simplifying everything is the way to go like take all the details out and just get as simple as possible because here's the other thing fitness is just one piece of the puzzle and if you obsess over it it's going to steal from your business it's going to steal from your family and you're going to turn into one of these guys that's like gets off work and he already worked out this morning and his wife's like oh you're home and you're like sorry babe i got goals i gotta go run 12 miles and, yeah. and she's like, what do you have with the kids? He's like, I've, I made a commitment. And it's like, well, now, you're, now your family's fucked. So it's like, simplify. Get yeah, up early. Double it down on your selfishness. Yeah, man. 
You don't yeah. do not obsess yeah. over fitness. Do not obsess over fitness. Simplify the fitness. Make it as simple as brushing your teeth and make it a habit so that it's not complicated. You can just do it every day for the rest of your life. Otherwise, it will not be sustainable for you. This is a get to the doing. That's it. And yeah. and 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 take the time out of it. Make it as potent and surgical as possible so that you can get in and get out and it's done. Because the reality is the compound effect kicks in. You don't have to be the most biomechanically sound individual out there. The compound effect kicks in over time. The more often you do something, the better you're going to get at it. It just, yeah. it, it just happens. Right. And I'm looking at this, like to me, it's way more important for me to spend time with my family, looking them in the eyes, experiencing things and connecting with them. It's also more important for me to build my kingdom that I can hand down to my children and and have more impact. And like we've been talking about, save lives. We're saving lives, literally. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's a lot more important than me getting a second workout in. So to me, fitness is just something I check off. Like it's just I check it off. Now when I'm in there, don't get me wrong, I'm focused. And my workouts, there's no one in that gym pushing as hard as me. Nobody. When I see somebody that's close, I'm like, damn, respect. But it's only 45 minutes. I, I am where I am. That time I'm in the gym, I'm going all out focus. I'm going to the death in those 45 minutes. And I will maximize that 45 minutes. I will get more in that 45 minutes than most people get done in three workouts a day. Because I'm all in. Most guys milk it. They go in and they're like, go through the motions. And you're like, man, I'm, I'm going to have to do a second workout because I'm not getting the results. Well, your nutrition's off too. You know, you try to outwork your diet. It ain't going to, you're going to stay fat forever. You'll feel better. You'll move better, but you're not going to look any better. You're going to look the same. With this whole idea that you're talking about in this simplicity, there are so many implications to this in every aspect of life. If you force yourself to go in and do the workout in 45 minutes, you're going to fill that time with 45 minutes of work. If you say, I'm going to do it in two hours, you're going to fill that time yeah, yeah, yeah. with two hours of whatever it is. But yeah. this comes to this concept of learning how to block your time out and manage yourself within that particular time. I can't tell you. So I was, was lecturing to a group of uh, leaders a few weeks back, and these are executives that they say, oh, I'm too busy, I'm too busy, I'm too busy. I said, what's the number one challenge you're running into? Well, we need to grow and get more out of our um, employees. Okay, what's the biggest challenge that you're running into? I just don't have enough time in the day. Okay, let me teach you a concept of how you can get more out of your employees by taking 20 seconds. And we literally went through this technique and 20 seconds goes in and they get better and better and better at this. And they're like, wow, this makes a huge impact. Fast forward a couple of weeks later, I'm lecturing to another group. Some of the original group came and traveled to this second lecture because they heard in the company that I was lecturing to another group. They came back to just tell me, hey, that 20 seconds, that actually works. I'm working less. I'm happier. Well, this concept that you're talking about, Kyle, this idea of blocking out your time, forcing yourself to get the best results in 45 minutes, it is so simple and so nuanced and so complex all at the same time. People will see this resonate in any other area of life. And whether you understand what you're doing or not, it's going to have a result. Yeah. fit it in to those 45 minutes and, and it's going to make a, a massive difference. Um, you know, Kyle, I know we're coming up on our time here, but I want to run through, we'd like to, with some of our guests, 
uh, especially uh, those that have massive energy. And I think you're probably one of the most, if not the most energetic guys we've had on the podcast, which I absolutely love. We want to run through a rapid fire set of questions for you. Uh, okay. So with our these rapid always, fire. These are always embarrassing. Some weird shit always comes out. So uh, <laughs> I love that. Uh, so with the rapid fire, it's either one word or one uh, sentence, one phrase to answer the rapid fire. All right. You ready to go? Let's go. Okay, so let's talk disruption. What is one thing that you do to disrupt your life in order to spark new growth? Uh, goddamn cold showers, bro. Just do it. <laughs> do it. I'm telling you. Do it. Damn cold showers. That's great. Uh, as you've evolved over the years, what is something that you used to believe that you no longer do? Uh, that I that I knew the secrets of the universe and what heaven was like and uh, that I, I knew I, I knew what God looked like. I don't know. And that's okay. Yeah. That's okay to live in that space. Personal evolution can be painful. How do you find enjoyment in the process? Oh, consistency, consistency. You, you will learn to love it. Awesome. Last one. How do you tap into your innate creative power? Pain. Ooh, Pain. I like that. Pain forces you to adapt. Mm -hmm. Beautiful, beautiful. Kyle, last question is not part of our rapid fire, so you can take your time on this one. At Evolve, we believe that people evolve by stacking one simple habit on top of another. I know we've talked about a few different things. If our listeners left here and they were to only do one habit, what would that habit that you would, or what, what would that habit be that you would want them to do? Next time you see your wife, look at her as though she is your direct connection to God. She, she is, she is the face of God. Treat her like that. That's pretty impactful. I love that. That changed. And my on life. that note, yeah, I can imagine. On that note, folks, it is time for us to wrap up another Evolve podcast. We want to thank our guest, Kyle, uh, Carnahan for joining us today and my co-host W. Miles Riley. Kyle, you've got great content that you put out. You're helping save a lot of lives and improve lives. What's the best way for people to follow you and get involved with the things that you do? I'm all over that Instagram. That's where I pour myself out to my people. All kinds of free content every single day. I will never miss ever. You, you can bank on it. So, um, and then superhumanfathers.com, you can uh, schedule a short meeting with my man, the ox, who lost over a hundred pounds, saved his marriage and completely changed his life. And uh, wow. he's on fire. He would love to explain to you what it is we do, who we are and how we do it. And uh, see if you're a fit for us. If so, as of right now, they'll send you to me and we will have an epic conversation and pick apart the pieces of your life that we can light on fire. I love that. And I've got to say, as we start to wrap up here, if anybody is wondering if this energy is consistent, go file or go follow uh, Kyle on Instagram at superhuman fathers. And you will see this every single day. And Kyle is the only person that of all of the people that I have messaged to say, what do you think about doing a podcast? Two things happened. I got a voice message back, which was awesome. Uh, so I could hear his voice and, and the excitement. And then I got a, 
fuck yeah, man, let's do it response yeah. <laughs> which put the biggest smile on my face to that yeah this is uh this is even more reason why we got to have this guy on the podcast so kyle thanks so much for joining us today and for sharing in your passion your energy and your wisdom with our guests uh folks remember that it takes time and consistency to evolve but first you have to disrupt and now it's time for you to get out there and evolve and evolve Thank you for listening to the Evolve Podcast. If you like this episode, share it with your friends. Follow us on Instagram at evolve underscore cast and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcasting app. And now it's time for you to get out there and evolve.